Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I love that we're in the season of Thanksgiving, amen? Because it reminds us to be thankful and be giving. I mean, the word given, you know, giving is right in the Thanksgiving. I mean, it's a, a great reminder, and I like to say it here in our church, go in your new year strong. Start now. Establish good patterns. Establish good habits now. Don't wait until January, right? Do it now. Uh, if you have a, I really encourage in all our church to start a reading Bible plan. There's so many options. You can go and download a Bible app and get a Bible reading plan where you don't even need to worry about even reading it. You can be so lazy, you can have a person with British accent soothingly read the uh, scripture to you. There's different versions, I think. There's a couple of audio versions. So uh, just be aware of that, and I would really encourage you to start your plan now. Or if not November, start it in December. You're going to be a month ahead. And it's such a satisfying thing to complete your Bible plan. You get those little stars. And the most important thing is you literally will feel so much better because of what happens as a church that does not read the Word of God. If people do not read the Word of God, and if they rely only on a Sunday morning, um, you're going to be very limited. And you're going to be easily prone to attacks of the enemy. Because as we've heard previously, right, Satan can even quote Scripture. But if you don't know the Word of God, that you can be able to say, but the Scripture also says, and you give a response to the devil, you will not be able to withstand the attacks. And he's going after, you know, people that are, have high price value. Because Satan doesn't attack what's, does, what's not valuable. He only attacks what is valuable. So just be aware of that. If you're under attack... And you're saying, why is this happening to me? Understand, because there's a huge price tag on you. And there's a huge price that was paid by Jesus Christ himself. Amen? But I hope that in regards to our hearts, that we establish good patterns in, about giving. And I love Pastor Mark quoting the scripture today. I promise we weren't planning this out. It was kind of amazing that he quoted talking about giving. And, uh, and I believe today's message is going to be something so profound, so good. And the word of God needs to challenge us. If we're always just hearing and it's like, you know, stroking the back of the head and we're like, oh, yeah, hallelujah, feeling good. You know, word of God is a two-edged sword. It's supposed to challenge us. It improves us and becomes us. It makes us better so we can form the image of God. Amen? So, but I hope in regards to giving because they say we're in the months of giving i really hope it's not just a month's thing or like we're we're only generous or more patient in the month of november because it's thanksgiving and december and things like that but it becomes our lifestyle i do believe that god blesses uh when you are con considering others above yourself when you are sowing with confidence and if, you know, if the word today, and you hear today's word and you're like, man, I don't know, that's kind of challenging. I've never, you know, done this or I'm not in the ability to give. You're going to be able to understand that it is for our own good. It is for our own good that God blesses us. And he, all he does is ask for a little bit in return so he can multiply that and yeah. give it right back to you. Amen. So I pray that as we hear that today's word, we'll achieve a deeper revelation and the depths and riches of God and just what giving means. Our whole faith is rooted in giving. Think about it, right? Because God himself said gave, himself, gave his only begotten son. Our whole faith, Jesus, Jesus Christ himself gave himself, right, for us. Amen? Amen? So 
Turn to your neighbor real quick. I love doing that because <laughs> look at those beautiful eyes. Turn to your person next to you and say without any creepy way the title of my message and say, are you available? <laughs> are you available? Amen. Are you available? <laughs> you know, what I wanted to talk about, the revelation of kingdom multiplication, how it works in the kingdom of God. So I would, obviously, because of that, I want to pray, because I just pray for the anointing of God to give me, be able to deliver this word. Father God, we just thank you for your word, that it speaks to us. It is a continuous word that is everlasting, Father God. Your faith, your words do not return void until without accomplishing its purpose, Lord. And we just thank you. I pray, Father God, our hearts would be open. Our minds would be ready to receive what you have to say for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, are you available? We have a message about sowing and reaping. As I've already mentioned, revelation of kingdom multiplication. Church is not built on special offerings. It's, you know, like cool uncle that shows up once a year on a holiday season and brings cool gifts. You know, the church is built on people that are, who continuously invest, consistently serve, and give of themselves, okay? Uh, and I want to point this out. The message is just not about giving financially. This is talking about giving, just having a heart of a giver. It is, it's, it's the daily discipline of serving God without trumpets blowing you know what i mean like it's just continuous work uh you're just being faithful and believing and i'm thankful that i had great examples of what giving is in my life you know i've seen that in pastor mark since i was a kid spoke so much into my life and i've seen that consistently growing up in my father as well i saw my dad always give 100 percent in all that he did you know he always whatever he he did whether it's a little thing or helping someone he couldn't just you know do it like half Heartedly. He wanted to do it wholeheartedly. Um, I love one of the phrases that he says, which ties in very well in today's message. He said, son, and I may have mentioned it previously, that I said, he said, son, if it's not about your ability, it is about your availability. And I love that because in English it actually rhymes even better. You know, it's not about your ability, it's about your availability. Uh, we look at Jesus and Jesus' team, it was never built on professional scholars, right? Or that guys that had huge abilities, right? They were simple folk. It was built on people just who loved Jesus and were willing to give of themselves. They were willing to set their life apart, willing to leave things behind and follow him, right? And that means giving. So, and when you give of yourself to God, uh, God can do so much through the little that we have. It's in the little things, right? He doesn't ask for much because he is looking at your heart, okay? But did you notice the moment you start serving or giving, whatever it may be in your life, you start following Christ, all of a sudden you get professional advisors, you know, that appear and uh, they're telling how you should do things. Um, it kind of happens, you know, when you become a parent. <laughs> Come on, parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Do you notice that people that give you the most advice are people with the least amount of experience or the ones that don't even have kids. Um, the most advice I got before parenting was pe from people who weren't even parents. It's true. Um, I even remember reading a book on parenting and later to find out that the author himself wasn't even a parent. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Practice what you preach, right? Um, 
And then once your child is born, it's like your education on parenting just goes down the tubes because it has destroyed every kid is so different and so unique. And you need a different approach to every child. But, uh, but I, I found out even uh, to become a good parent um, or a good believer in your faith, it's not about your ability. It is about your availability. It's about how you are willing to give of yourself and how much of, are you willing to give of yourself. The reason I'm excited to share this with you, and um, because Scripture provides an excellent instruction on what it means to be available to God. And the purpose of today's message is to understand how much you can do for God with very little that you have. But if you're willing to surrender, and it's a principle of giving. You know, on our carnivore night, we had a wonderful word given to us by Mark Schmidt, and I think he's going to bring us a word soon about it. It was very powerful, and he shared about a testimony, because the greatest testimony is if you take it, apply it in your life, you take, apply the scripture in your life, and see the scripture come to life in your own life. But until you do it, <laughs> it's not going to work. You know, you got to really put it, it's the person that says that he who fulfills the word puts it into practice, Amen. But where I want to start out is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So this is a principle. You get out of it what you put into it, right? When someone tells me, well, I stopped going to that church, you know, I didn't get anything out of it. And I have a follow-up question. Usually I say, well, what did you put into it? You know? Um, the last time I went to church and had a bad attitude, I didn't receive anything. Oh, this was, music wasn't so good. It wasn't too loud. I didn't like the worship, whoever led the worship. And um, I didn't like how somebody looked at me on the way in, whatever it may be, right? It's kind of like the last time I went to the bank and asked for more money than I put in, it didn't work, right? You get out of it what you put into it. Let's continue reading. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Okay, it's the next verse. Each of you should give... Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. There's a lot of the word given there, right? Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? Um, if you ever, I don't know if you've experienced this, ever had somebody do something nice for you, but the way they did it, it kind of makes you wish that they never did. <laughs> I'll use myself early in our marriage. Uh, I remember washing dishes, and I wanted to make sure Larissa noticed that, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> coughing and just showing myself as an example, you know, and I'm like, and then I'm seeing she's not responding, and I'm like, and I don't mind washing dishes, as I start saying that out loud. It's something I enjoy doing, serving my wife as Christ serves church, you know, um, and I remember her saying that, you know, early on, you're still, you know, adjusting to each other. You can tell each other straightforward things and things like that. She said, Vic, I'd rather th that you wouldn't be doing it if I have to hear about it this much. <laughs> I just had a fond memory of that. The scripture says that God loves a cheerful giver. Man, you're doing something you're not doing with expecting the trumpets blowing, right? So if we come to church and we say, man, the church is sure lucky to have me. Um, if we think we're bringing, if we, if we think by bringing our presence into the presence of God is somehow a favor to him, we are mistaken. It's not my presence, but God's presence that is honored when I come here. Amen? Too much too true. 
We live in a time where people are worshiping big names, you know, celebrities. Um, but God was God before any celebrity shouted him out. You know, before any celebrity went out there, God doesn't need a celebrity to promote him or to make him cool and famous because God sits on the throne, amen? He fills the heaven and earth. He is the breath of life. He doesn't need anything. And if he needs something, he'll speak it into existence, right? Uh, because he's alpha and omega, it says beginning and the end. And how many are thankful that when we serve God, he is able to supply your needs he's able to come and so many times in my life i noticed that when i trusted god with it and the moment i began trusting god with my finances i began seeing a breakthrough the moment i started giving of my time more for my children more the more time i started spending time in the word of god the more i started praying the more i saw the harvest come the more i noticed that my faith began to grow the more i noticed the people around me all of a sudden started changing you know, it's actually not, what happens is your perspective on people's change because your presence of God begins to, to work through you and you begin to able to minister to them and bless others. Amen? Amen? So Paul says, I want to give you a privilege to sow into something that is bigger than you. So let's continue on with that. Second Corinthians chapter 9, uh, let's look at 8 and 9 right now. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, have all that you need. He's able to supply all your needs. You will abound. Abound means to have plenty of, right? In every good work. So you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. So and it's about to get good. And Paul wants to let us in on this principle and he's saying why some people are struggling. And even though you prayed about it, and we don't seem to receive something, and what we need from the Lord, we're like, Lord, where are you at? I'm praying about it, and not what's happening, right? And he's waiting for us to act, to take that step of faith, because our faith is based on faith. Step of action, amen? So look at the next few verses. Now he who supplies, <clears throat> now he who supplies what? Seed. Seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Come on, it's just sowing and reaping. Straightforward. Verse 11. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. My goodness, that is good. That is very good stuff. You'll be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. So pretty much the Lord is going to be able to bless you and see, you'll be able to see how God is using your hands to bless others, right? Amen. Now, what this verse means is not that God is going to give you a harvest because you asked for it, but because God supplies the seed to the sower, okay? The question is, is God able? The question is, are you a sower? Okay, sower of your time, sower of whatever, anything. Apply that to finances in your life and your marriage. We get stuck often, I've mentioned previously before, like on the me mode. Like me, 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 God bless me, God help me, right? God encourage me. The world revolves around me and my needs. Nothing wrong with bringing up your needs before God. Absolutely not. But the way he will respond to your need is he'll give you an opportunity to sow. He says, you want that? There's an opportunity to give. 
which is confusing to us because uh, we want God to give us harvest, right? We're like, God, we just want to see the harvest. But God will not respond your need with a, to your need with a harvest. He will respond to your need with a seed, okay? Um, what I found to be true is when I found myself in need, okay, this is coming firsthand testimony, the best thing for me to do is to go from me mode to sow mode, amen? So seeding and sowing is a form of investments, okay? And it's a process. Seeds, when you plant a seed, it doesn't just sprung up instantly, right? Weeds uh, do, <laughs> almost right away. But seeding, right, sowing is a form of investment and it takes time. You trust, you put your faith in, there's a form, that's why your faith is directly involved in it. You're like, Lord, what I have is I'm giving. How many times have I found myself discouraged in my soul? I'm telling you, only when I took five minutes to be a blessing to someone, and when I sowed what God gave me, it became what I needed. <laughs> it was so powerful. This is difficult because when you're in need, the last thing you want to do is think anything any, about anybody else besides yourself, right? Other than you. But the way to receive is to give what you have. Can I prove that to you with what Jesus said? Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. I love saying the phrase, but it's upside down kingdom, really. The last will be first, first shall be last. Give, and it will be given to you. You know, not the worldly system where it's all about raking it in. It's all about me, me, me. Security, 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 and then pff, crashes. But in the kingdom of God, it's opposite. It's like, oh, you want to receive? You must give, right? A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. <laughs> God is saying, trust me with this. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Yes, it it's like how you measure, what's your, how, you know, your measuring stick, what, how do, what is your litmus test? You know, how do you measure? It says, if that's how you measure, if this is how you sow, this is how you're going to reap, right? So it's not just, I want to point this out, this is not just a financial scripture. It's about anything. I remember uh, saying when I'll have, I'll start giving. This is my personal testimony. Uh, kind of like saying, I'll start trusting God when I have something, right? Uh, Lord, forgive me. And I since prayed. I was like, Lord, forgive me for being stuck in me mode, you know? Right. Me, 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 me. Lord, bless me. No, just me, me, me. <laughs> God is, and I believe God is switching church in our last times in our about giving because we will need to be more generous than ever with our time with our finances and with everything that we do we need to because we are the example we're the we're the we're little jesus's technically we're christians right we're an example of that this is challenging i understand this is a very challenging word because god responds our need usually with a bigger need. And oftentimes when we see other person's need, you're like, well, I don't really have much of it. Huh. In Matthew 14, Jesus is telling his disciples, he's like, hey, let's go away and get some rest. I mean, the guys were tired. We need some me time, right? And this is what's happening. So Herod is going crazy. He just chopped off John the Baptist's head. Um, and Jesus and the disciples were getting tired. I mean, they're continuously moving from point A to point B, right? And Jesus suggested them. I'm like, hey, let's get, to get, let's get some rest together, right? Um, thank you, Jesus. You know, you know our need. You know, they're pretty pumped. So guess what happens when they get there to rest? <laughs> 
they run into needy people, like 5,000 <laughs> needy people, right? And uh, so now we have the disciples who are in need of rest, surrounded by lots of needy people. And Jesus, who has no need, but he's there. But watch what happens what he's about to do. He's about to meet their, the needs of the disciples with the needs of other people. <laughs> um, he, does, he does it by feeding their faith, okay? He's about to take them from needers to feeders. I really like to say that phrase. He's about to take them from the me mode to so mode, right? Look at this in the Matthew 14, 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. You know, sounds pretty spiritual on the surface, right? Uh, Lord, we're concerned for the sheep that you came for. <laughs> the truth is, P Peter was hungry himself. Right? <laughs> the disciples were just as hungry. It means they didn't get to eat either. Okay? They, they wanted to go and just get some rest. Jesus is like, let's go get some rest. They come there and boom. Their need is met with another bigger need. What do you do? And she says, you know what would be cool? If you guys fed them, right? This is big font of translation. And disciples say, you know, it would be cool. <laughs> if you told us ahead, Jesus, we would have prepared, you know, hired a catering company. I don't know. And Jesus pretty much responds. is like, look, I am the bread of life. I am the DoorDash, Uber Eats, catering company all wrapped into one, right? So I am the bread of life. I am the Jehovah Jireh. But they didn't know that at that moment, right? They just want, they just... They see the need, and they're like, what is happening? They're confused, but they didn't know that Jesus was the bread of life. Uh, but Jesus wanted to show them that, who he was, and also show them who they are in him. This is such a beautiful moment. This is a massive miracle. And then look at the next verse. As Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. <laughs> I like to say it this way. You will never know what you have until God shows you the need that is bigger than you. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, you start looking at things that you have, right? Not rather what you don't have, but what you have. And you begin worshiping God through that. And you will never know what God is able until he puts you in a situation, in, in a situation when you are not. Where you are not, right? So Jesus has orchestrated this beautiful moment. Uh, to activate disciples' faith and to put it into action, right? So he fills their need with a bigger need, all right? Pretty clear. And I'm thinking like, Lord, how many of us are facing, maybe you are right now, facing a situation where the need is more than a supply? In the next verse, Jesus is enabling his disciples to go, like I said, from needers to feeders. Here we go. Um, all my life, I have read this verse. Jesus fed the multitudes. You know, that's how I believed it. And that's not exactly accurate. Because if you read the text, it says they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat, right? So what happens next is the greatest revelation you can receive about giving. And it happened when they mentioned their limited supply. Like, we don't have enough, right? Look at the 17, verse 17. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. That's all they got, okay? That was what was available to them. We do not have enough, but God is able, right? So this is where the Second Corinthians chapter 9 became alive to me. When you are in a situation where you're not able, but God enables you to be a blessing to others. 
I'm telling you, you run into your need, and the moment you take the focus off self-centeredness, you look outward, and you're like, wow, they have a need. And you begin to be a blessing for them. And while you're being a blessing to them, you receive a revelation <laughs> of the kind of a blessing you are already to them and what you already have. Amen? So Jesus enables the disciples to feed the, uh, the people. He actually enables them to feed themselves through that, right? But it requires them to give of limited that they have. Five loaves, two fishes to feed the 5,000. Seems like a joke, right? <laughs> it's not a joke to God. Upside down kingdom again, right? And God says, give me what little you have. And what you have, can, when you put it in God's capable hands, he's able to do so much greater things. Amen? Look at Matthew 17, 20. He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I don't think it's talking about actually physically rearranging the mountains. You know, Scripture definitely talks about, because we all have mountains in front of us, right? It talks about situation that you're in right now. You're like, man, I have no clue how to deal with that difficult employee. Lord, I have no clue how to handle that person in my life, right? Whatever it may be. That might be a mountain to you, whatever it may be, right? But it says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for God. No, for you. Amen? So God is saying, I'm putting you in a season where I'm going to give you what you need. But it's not just for you to consume. It's for you to be a blessing for my glory. And God wanted to show that to his disciples so they could experience that. They're like, oh, the moment we gave and it multiplied, it became a blessing to us as well. Amen? So, and I believe that God put us here on earth for his glory. He put us, he gave us gifts for his purpose. Amen? He gave us an assignment for his great name, right? And the Lord is saying, if you give me what you have, that limited, you think it's not much, you know, talent, whatever it is, it's a little intercessory prayer. It's a little thing to come up to somebody in the store and be able to say, can I pray for you? And just see what happens. At the moment you begin to act on the word of God, it becomes so real. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what is happening? The kingdom of God is flowing through your hands. And you're able to bless everybody around you. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans 10 11 says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. I didn't give that scripture uh, there, Ross, but I just wanted to remind us, saying if you trust in God, you, were, you will never be put to shame. If you trust God with your parenting, if you trust God with your marriage, if you trust God with your finances, if you trust God with your health, you will never be put to shame. Because his word doesn't return void. You can count on that word. Amen? So, Bring what you have. If, it's not about if you're able. If it's, are you available and are you willing? Amen? Amen. And I'm, today I'm challenging myself to all of us. Are you, are you available? Because he gives a seed to the sower. He gives a seed to the sower. Do you notice that? It's, it's kind of like the idea of like, teach a, give a man a fish, live for a day, teach a man a fish, you know, last number of a lifetime. But that's why he provide, he gives seed, the scriptures to the sower. God is thinking a lot greater harvest for you than you are thinking about that next few days. He wants to give you more seed and multiply you to so much beyond your understanding. Amen? And I believe that. Amen.
And again, like to say, this is not just about money. This is just, it can apply to a lot of things in life. And Paul, what he's doing is helping us to see that God's dictionary, in God's dictionary, sacrifice looks different than our dictionary, right? I was thinking of my dad. I've mentioned him earlier in the morning. You know, he sacrificed so much for us, and we didn't live in America. And I've seen him, you know, from morning getting up early before we even woke up and going to work, coming back, working in the garden, then going to church. And we never missed church. And we were just, you know, really, it was a sacrifice. And it was, I, and I've seen that firsthand example. And, you know, looking at a picture not long ago, we took our family photo, and even that family photo, we're missing like, I think 25, 28 of us. It's still massive, like 115. And that's just everybody that's under my dad. And I look at that, and I'm like, Lord, I'm so thankful that I saw a perfect example of somebody that just gave. And he didn't wait until he had enough. He always gave first fruits of his labor. I saw that in him, and I'm standing before you as just a witness of that. You know, I am the, I'm the harvest, pretty much, of his faith. Amen? So, and I remember, you know, just... Thanking God, you know, and I'm growing up already, thanking Dad regularly. I said, Dad, thank you for your sacrifice that you've made, you know, for all that you've put into us and for the time we saw you continuously give. You know, it's so amazing to which he responded. He said, if God took my breath from me, I wouldn't have anything. So everything I have is really his. It's so powerful to understand that because everything that we have is really from him. We are, we're out of breath. We're done, right? And the moment we receive that revelation that everything is of God and we just offer it back to Him and what He does with that is amazing because that's where our little faith turns into something so great, right? If you need just, like I said, a faith of a mustard seed, amen? Maybe you've been praying for certain relationships to work out, you know, and you're still trying to figure it out on your own. Or you're trying to figure out why you can't have, get a breakthrough financially. And you're saying, man, maybe at the right time when I'll have enough, I'll start giving. The Lord's like, it's the moment you give of what you have in your hands that I'm able to place, give you in return something so greater, right? And I loved what I heard that when my dad said, you know, and that really changed my perspective on sacrifice. Um, and I asked myself, do I want to be a needer for the rest of my life? Or do I want to see what God can do through me, right? Do I want to offer back to Him what really is His to begin with? And uh, everything I have belongs to God. And the moment I began saying that, I said, Lord, my children are a gift from You. Lord, and I know that at any point... They can be taken away from me because nobody's promised another day, right? It happened with Job. Look at that situation. What happened with my niece, you know, a few days ago, this last week. And she lost her year and a half da daughter that we've prayed for and believed for, you know. But people can get discouraged and say, Lord, we don't know what, you know. But that's the part of faith is when you're in the middle of it, you don't understand, you can't see the full picture until moments later, Romans 8, 38 becomes 28, becomes active to you, says all things work together for good that love God, that are called according to His purpose. People that believe in God, that act on the faith, that act on the Word of God, amen? It's the kingdom multiplication process. I'll bring this last example, and I want to wrap up earlier because I want us to have an awesome celebration today a little bit. I'll mention about it in a second. But look at Abraham, a father of faith, right? right. And I, I watched the movie not long ago, The Only Begotten Son. It was done really well. And it shows the battle of just, 
here Abraham, you know, and his wife could not have, could not have kids, and then all of a sudden they have it, and they're very old, right? And uh, here, you know, I just cannot imagine all that. And then they received that gift, their only son, right? And then the Lord is like, go and sacrifice that son. But the thing is, when God saw Abraham's heart and that he was willing to offer back to God what was really his to begin with, God said, I will, and what happened was a miracle, obviously. He said, I will make you a father of many nations, and your descendants will be like a sand on a seashore. Because he was ready to give up. Think about it, right? He didn't have many children, the only begotten son. And here he is offering it back to God. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a parable about the kingdom of God is like. Uh, it's about a man who entrusted three servants with different amounts of gold. According to their ability, because that's what God does, right? And sometimes we're wondering, Lord, well, why don't I have, if I have a million dollars, I will surely give. And the Lord's like, you can't even handle a thousand dollars, right? But it says, literally, according to your ability, this is what the beautiful thing is. But God, to whom there's entrusted little, is given little, right? So God will, give you, will never give you more than you can handle, Amen. Now, I know it's not scriptural. I want to point that out. That's just a beautiful saying. <laughs> God will never give you more than you can handle. But it's, reality is true. So first guy, so we, they, you know, we got here, we got the situation. First guy with five bags of gold doubled it. Ten bags in the end. Second guy who had two bags doubles it. Four bags in the end. Then the third guy talks about one bag. And he went, and what did he do with it? He went and just hit it. <laughs> That's all he had. So... The challenge for us is like, Lord, you know, will I trust you with what you've given to me in the beginning with and in return receive a double portion, a blessing, you know, just to know that I trust you, Lord, with this, right? Or will you bury it? Or will you offer it back? Somebody will say, Vic, you know, I, I don't have much. I remember just receiving that revelation in my own life. I was in debt, credit card debt, and I was already in marriage. And I'm like, and I kept, I, I remember praying this. Like, Lord, the moment I'll have, I'll begin giving. You know, <laughs> the Lord is like, well, you're, you're praying in reverse. <laughs> if you give me what you have, first fruits of your labor, yeah. watch what I'll do. And the reason I say this, because I want to bring that up. I know it's not the next verse, but Malachi 3.10, real quick. It's the last one. I know I've quoted this scripture before, but I want to read it officially so you can see where it's at. Prophet Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And this is the only place where you can test God. And it's straight up, this is the word of God saying, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. It's like, Lord, I don't even know how I keep getting these bonuses, right? I don't even know, Lord, what is going on because I'm trusting you with this. So this is so beautiful when it happens, right? So Jesus takes his disciples. They're in this situation. God fills their need by putting them in a situation where they see a bigger need. So now their focus is no longer on themselves. And the moment their focus became on a bigger need, Lord gives them the revelation <laughs> and puts it in their hand. And so in Matthew chapter 14, 19 through 21, I want to finish that up. Okay, it's the verse before the last one, Ross. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking five loaves and the two fish, and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. 
So the Lord bless. Lord blesses what we give him. Then he gives it back to the disciples. Isn't that beautiful, right? And the disciples gave them to the people. That's where the multiplication happened. Verse 20, they all ate and were satisfied. Because what happens is God will take care of you, right? And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Not even counting. That's just <laughs> about 5,000 men. So maybe there was 10,000. So we, you see what I mean? Like, So the Lord is able to always bless you through the very little that you have. Amen? So God, because God is faithful, His word will never return word. That is the greatest investment we can make is the kingdom of God because it's eternal. It is not, we're not storing ourselves riches in, and the scripture even tells us, don't store just riches in this world, right? Where moth and all this can be eaten out. Like, because you're dead, boom, it's gone, right? The economy can change within a second and all your assets and savings and your 401k, whatever, might come to shambles. But the greatest investment you can do is trust God with that what sustains you. And when the moment we show that trust in Him and we act on it, we look back and we're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> Lord, you are so faithful and true. Amen. I know that this word was challenging. And again, I want to remind you, it's not about if you're able, it's if you're available. Okay. The scripture of the Lord is saying, are you available, right? Will you offer what little and have and put it in my capable hands? and see what I can do through you. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.